is the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour. Supported by Albertsons. And brought to you by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Cowboys. It's Miller time. Albertsons and Tom Thumb, the official supermarket and pharmacy of the Dallas Cowboys. Luke Casey, the official bootmaker of the Dallas Cowboys. Blockchain.com, trusted by millions, trusted by America's team. And by Omni. Omni Hotels and Resorts, the official hotel of the Dallas Cowboys. It's Victory Monday! Now your hosts, <laughs> Haley Sutton and Brad Chan. That's right, it's Victory Monday! Thank you, everybody. Yay! They gave it all, they gave it all before, that's yeah, what happened. No, 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 it's Victory Monday, you sustain it, you keep it, could you not watch them play? You sustain it all the way through. Let's try this again because I have great confidence in this audience. For the last Cowboy Hour, we will do at Cane Rosso this year. We'll be moving right across the way next week, but more about that later. It's Victory Monday! <laughs> much better. Thank you very much. Thank you all for coming out into whatever this weather is out here. Uh, thank you for joining us wherever you're joining us on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network. Thank you for joining us whenever you are doing it on DallasCowboys.com, which is streaming in these little boxes. And you are now going to get an up-close opportunity to meet one of the most exciting new young Cowboys, Damone Clark. Thank you very much for coming out. Really appreciate you. Thank you all for having me. You bet. You bet. And full disclosure, um, Damone accepted this pinch hit role at the last minute because we were going to have him later and uh, Jake Ferguson was going to come up, but he decided he'd rather be in the concussion protocol than be with us tonight. <laughs> so uh, we will have Ferg back and we will have Ferg back because uh, Haley has a thing for the entire tight ends room. <laughs> Okay, so, um, a professional thing. Yes. Can we clarify that? Yes. <laughs> Did I say anything other than that? Look, Brad. I'm very this sorry. This is 2022. You yes, have it to is. Make sure to clear that up. Yes, it is. But you are you do have an affinity for the tight end. They're just great. They're but all all the, all the rookies are great. I've had an opportunity to chat yeah, with so many Damone of them. Yeah, and Clark is great too. And we no seriously, we really appreciate your coming out. So, um, did you ever play a game at LSU where you were heavily favored and had to scrap out a win? I mean, just playing in the SEC every week. You know, you're going to get everyone's best opportunity and you're going to get everyone best shot. So, I mean, it's nothing new to how we are right now in the NFL. You know, we know we're the Dallas Cowboys and everybody's going to give us their best shot. So, you then understand there's, if you just listen to the radio or followed social media or that stuff today, you'd almost thought you'd lost the game. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a big social media guy. So, good I for mean, you. I, I stay off stuff like that. <laughs> The social media these days is too crazy. It is. When you come into a game, first of all, this is all, I can't even imagine what's going on in your head because you, you didn't know when for sure you'd be able to play, and now here you are uh, playing a whole lot of snaps. And, the, uh, man, how this entire year has changed for you completely from, from the beginning. We'll get back to that. Gotcha. But when you, when you come into a game and uh, – your record is what yours was. You're playing how you've been playing. Their record is bad. Everyone thinks this game's over before it started. What's the player's mentality going into a game like that? I mean, everyone, we are NFL players, so it's not a coincidence that they're here. So, I mean, each week, 
those guys going to give us their best shot no matter the record. And I mean, we knew, like I said, we the Dallas Cowboys. Everyone wanted to beat us. So, I mean, we know each week we got to go out there and play no matter the stats, no matter the record. You got to go out there and give your best shot. When you pull it out like you did yesterday, how is that different from a game that you lead comfortably from the beginning? I mean, like Coach McCarthy always said, he always says it's hard to win in this league, you know. So, I mean, we won. It was, it was a close one, but we won. And that's all that really matters. Is it harder to win in this league than you thought? Oh, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm a rookie. I'm just <laughs> – I'm still getting my way. I'm still getting my feet wet. So, I'm just – you know, I'm just looking looking to the older guys and just following, following behind. When you have a guy – because you and I have spoken before, and someone who you told me you really look up to is Leighton Vander Esch. Yes. Uh, you've learned a lot from him and, and what he's done. So, when you see the game that Leighton had, the way he did yesterday, he was all over the field, I felt like – Talk me through that relationship and you, you seeing Leighton out there. Does that motivate you at all or does it help you at all knowing your mentor, for lack of a better term, is out there getting it done for you guys? Oh, yeah. Leighton's a guy that no matter what, he's going he gonna to give his all. You know, Leighton and uh, Anthony Barr, those two guys are going to give their all. And, I mean, Leighton, he's been crazy yesterday. And, you know, <laughs> every time we went to the sideline, I'm just like, man, good stuff, bro. Like, he was on every play. You know, and that, I'm, I'm happy for Layton, you know, because he's a guy that I've been through a lot, too, and a lot of people count him out. But no matter what, Layton always come to work every day. He don't, he don't, he block out the noise, you know. Y'all just asked me about the social media stuff. I mean, I know I don't be on social media. I know Layton not on social media either. So, I mean, it's not a coincidence because that guy goes to work every day, and he gives us all every day. On that final drive, like their final drive, you guys take the win or take the win, take the lead with Ezekiel's touchdown, and then it's up to the defense. I know this has been a season where that's kind of been the norm where the defense has set the tone this season. You guys have really helped keep your team in games. But mm -hmm. in a scenario like that where the game really is on the line, how much of a test and, I guess, a proven test was that final drive for you guys? I mean, we have a saying, own the moment. You know, we go over scenarios in that case, and we knew we just had to own the moment because, like I said, we go over those scenarios each week. You know, we talk about it all the time, you know, when, when – when this happened, this is what we're going to do. So, I mean, we knew – the defense knew what we had to do. You know, we had it on our mind. We knew we was going to get the victory. Uh, Dan Quinn speaks to reporters every Monday afternoon. And um, he said – he told us today that one of the things that you uh, – of the list of things that you went over and were prepared for, uh, that list did not include revolving quarterbacks and going <laughs> from a drop back to an RPO – system and so how how do you adjust to that as a team as the game goes on i mean any given sunday you know you gotta whatever teams have to do to beat us they're going to do it you know and they they turn to jeff driscoll and you know they we knew you know we have coaches on our staff that you know that have played against them before and it's nothing new to them so you know we just had to make sideline adjustments which you know we have the best coaches in, in the whole league. So, I mean, we made the simple adjustments that we had to make and just go out there to stop them. What's obviously looking at things in hindsight, you get a blowout fourth quarter win over the Colts last week. You get a battle-tested win over the Texans on Sunday. After the game, when you're reflecting, which one of those games is more fun or more in enjoyable to be a part of? I mean, for me, each week, it's fun each week to go out there and play for me. You know, I, I can only speak for myself, but I'm I'm sure that with all the guys, just, you know, getting another opportunity to go out there and play is the biggest thing. Because, like I say, for me, you know, I didn't 
you know, I didn't, I started the year off on NFI. So, I mean, I was on the sideline just watching, you know, and just being there on the sideline was exciting for me, but being a part of it is even more exciting. NFI, for those of you who don't know, is uh, non-football illness or injury, which is the list on which Damone found himself when the year started, which in, in this case, usually what it means is something that didn't happen playing football for your team. So in this case, Damone finishes a tremendous career at LSU. Sure didn't look like there was anything wrong. Didn't feel like there was anything wrong, did uh, there? Nah, I felt perfectly fine. So now uh, we're going to take people a little bit through the beginning of this journey, then we'll take a break. Um, you went to the Combine. Yes. You're, you're going to be maybe a, a pretty high second-round pick. Uh, and you get to the Combine, you go through all the medicals, and what happens then? Uh, the Cowboys medical staff is the one that told me. You know, um, I was getting ready to go out um, with the linebackers' day was to go out there and perform, run the 40, do drills and stuff like that in front of the coaches and scouts. And maybe like two hours before, my, uh, my group leader had called me, and he was like, uh, we need you to come back to the medical tent. So, I mean, in my head, I'm thinking, they finna just tell me, you know, we, we got your MRIs back, everything's smooth, like, you're good to go. But um, they they walked me in the room, and the Cowboys medical staff was standing in there waiting on me. So I'm, I sit on the table, and they you know, they had the MRI pulled up. Like I say, I, I mean, I don't know what I'm looking at. I ain't a doctor, <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm smooth. You know, and they just was like started doing examinations on me and stuff like that, and then they asked me, know does this hurt does this hurt I'm like nah I mean I feel perfectly fine and then they they finally told me it was like you know you have a herniated disc you know and I'm in my head I'm like nah I feel like I got the wrong person like, <laughs> I, I feel perfectly fine I just played the whole season last year I feel normal and I mean it turns out I went and got a second opinion and I mean it turns out that I did have a herniated disc and it had never manifested in any way no um so then how soon did you have the surgery? Um, I had surgery back in March. March. I had surgery in March. And um, what did your agent or other people tell you that was going to do to your draft status? I mean, I, I pretty much knew, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, I played linebacker with a neck injury. I knew it was going to drop my status, my uh, draft stock. But, I mean, honestly, I mean, I've been an underdog my whole life, so it really didn't matter. As long as the team gave me an opportunity, I was going to make the most of the opportunity that I got, no matter what round I went in. Tell me about being an underdog your whole life. I mean, people always counted me out my whole life. Like, I've never been the, the biggest, the fastest, the most uh, athletic person. Well, when did you grow up? Because you're one of the biggest <laughs> right now. <laughs> but it, I, it took me a second to I process will, I will that. Tell you like. what, what, I will tell you that the, when they started letting you uh, do interviews – and, and we got, I got a chance to meet you, and, and we stood there talking for a minute, and I went back to the PR staff, and I said, well, there's a grown man right there. <laughs> uh, when did you start when, – when did you feel like an underdog? Um, really, all throughout high school, you know, I, I, like I said, I wasn't always the biggest. Like, I might have been tall, but I've been – I was kind of little. Well, I was not strong, and, you know, guys used to uh, – the older guys on the team, they used to tell me, like, oh, come on. Call me little pup and stuff like that. So oh, I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, stuff like that motivate me. Like I don't, I don't really care too much about that because I know, like, I got the heart of a lion. You know, you can't, like I say, I don't, it don't matter how big you are. Like, I'm getting in front of you. I only got one thing on my mind. That's to dominate. 
Uh, anybody call you a little pup anymore? Oh, no. no. <laughs> I'm going to start calling you a little pup. I might. I might. <laughs> I think it's great. Uh, and then one more thing before we take our first break here, Damone. Uh, when the Cowboys were the ones who drafted you, were you, were you happy it was them because they n were the ones who found your condition first? Or, I mean, I know you're from New Orleans, even though you grew up in Baton Rouge after yes. Katrina. Did you, were you a Saints fan as a little kid? Did you want to be a Saint? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, no, I, no, hold on. Let me say this. <laughs> I ain't, I ain't want to be a Saint. No, I just wanted to get out of Louisiana. I've been in Louisiana my whole life. Oh, okay, so, okay. So, I mean, I was I was just happy that someone drafted me and gave me an opportunity, you know, and, you know, after I sat down and reflect on it, then I was like, man, that's, that's crazy. Like, it's crazy how God worked. You know, the Cowboys, the one that told me, and that's the team that drafted me. So, Right alone, I, I felt comfortable. You know, I just had to come in. I know I had to come in and just do my part because I knew at the end of the day, I went in injured, so I had to control the things that I can control, and that was my work ethic going to work every day. Well, they've noticed, and uh, everyone's going to notice the more and more you get an opportunity to play. We are at uh, Cane Rosso uh, in the Star District in Frisco. It's Victory Monday. Thanks to the Victory Monday fan club for being here as usual, and uh, we'll be right back with Damone Clark on the Cowboys Hour.
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. to the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertsons. Welcome back to Kane Rosso here in the Star District in Frisco. Guess what day it is? Victory Monday! Victory Monday! <laughs> yes, thank you guys. We're chatting with linebacker Damone Clark, but before we get there, we got to talk about Albertsons. When it comes time to shop for tailgate favorites, go to Albertsons and Tom Thumb. Get 10% off of your groceries every Dallas Cowboys game day when you wear your Cowboys jersey. Albertsons and Tom Thumb, the official supermarket and pharmacy of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, so, Damone, when we left off, we were talking about your surprise injury. You had surgery, but something that I wanted to mention that I found really interesting when we sp first spoke was that was your first injury, like, ever. Yes. So just to kind of get for everyone to get a sense of that, walk us through, you know, going from thinking you're perfectly healthy, thinking that your path is going to go one way, and then finding out not only do you have an injury, but it's pretty major. I mean, it's yeah. spinal surgery. And you know what? It's not. It's almost not an injury. I, yeah, I don't I mean, even it, have a it word wasn't, to... It didn't get hurt. It was a condition. Yeah, it was a, a, a congenital it. condition is what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, I, I felt perfectly fine, honestly. I mean... When they told me about it, you know, it, it was shocking to me because, like you said, I've never been hurt before, never missed practice, never missed a game or anything. But, you know, going to having my surgery and, you know, having to not do nothing for, like, the first three months, I mean, that was kind of hard, you know, just sitting in the house all day. You know, I'm sitting the same four walls every day. So, it, I mean, it was kind of a mental challenge. But, you know, I have family and friends that, you know, that always – you know, checked on me every day and make sure I was okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I want to make sure people understand the impact of this. When they told you, they, the, my, my guess is they said, here's the, here's the thing. We know you feel fine. We know it doesn't hurt. We know you just played four years of college football in the SEC. Yeah. But we're telling you, if you don't get this fixed, then something bad's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I thought – you know, you could do, like, some type of uh, rehab or something. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about alternative. You know, I'm like, I could do some rehab and I'll be all right. But, like I said, I mean, it was a major injury that I, you know, that I had. And, and I immediately thought about my daughter. So, I mean, obviously, family comes before anything. You know, and my, my daughter, two years old, and at the end of the day, you know, they told me if I was not to have the surgery, then, I mean, for one, I would have been medically disqualified and I would never be able to, you know, live on my own. My, uh, dream of playing in the NFL 
So, I mean, that was the biggest thing, you know. And I, and I thought about my daughter, you know. I'm like, at the end of the day, you know, after my career over, I still want to be able to play with my daughter. I don't want to, you know, continue to play football and then something worse happened, you know. So, that, like I said, I thought about my daughter. Okay, so uh, you have the surgery. And, um, and then you get drafted. Mm-hmm. And so what did the Cowboys tell you? They drafted you in the fifth round. They, all, they know more than anybody else because they found it. Now what happens? I mean, it just biggest thing for me was just go to work every day, control the things you control, and I just attacked rehab every day. You know, it was days that rehab was tougher than others, but, I mean, like I say, I just went there every day, and I had the support of everyone in the training room and everyone on the team. But, I mean, I didn't really know anybody, you know, but it was they still was there for me. And, you know, to this day, I still thank them to this day, you know, for helping me get back on the field. How did you make the adjustments? Because, like I said, this was your first major injury, condition, whatever we're calling it. Mm-hmm. And you go from, you know, being so active at LSU, being active in that draft preparation process to, you know, now you're off to the side at practice while everybody else is, you know, they're doing the race that they do after practice, you know, at the beginning and stuff. So how do you adjust mentally to be able to stay locked in and focus on that goal? I mean, it was hard, but. You know, in the training room, I was with Britt Brown every day. And, you know, Britt told me, he's like, your time coming. He was like, you know, we just got to keep taking small steps, you know, along with everyone on the team. You know, I'm I'm standing on the side. You know, everyone see, like, I'm I'm hungry. Like, I want to be out there with them. You know, everyone was telling me, man, your time coming. Just control the things you can control. And, you know, just having people like that on my side, you know, that that helped me mentally. Because, you know, you can, you can sit there and say, oh, your time coming, you know, but – I'm the one that was going through it, you know, but having the support of everyone, like, that just made me even more comfortable and, you know, just uh, be where my feet are. You know, that's, that was the biggest thing, just be where your feet are. And, like I say, the time came, and I just made the most of it. That's my favorite phrase ever, be where your, be feet, where are. your feet are. Be where your feet are. I love that phrase. Well, that's because you're a soccer player. Wow. Uh, <laughs> did you uh, – see what I did there? Uh, did you, is this correct? I, I think we, a lot of us have read it, that you had a very similar condition and surgery to what Leighton – Vanderesh had. Yes. It, was it exactly the same? Uh, well, I don't know. That. Well, I, I mean, it's close. Yeah. It's close. <laughs> Similar, yeah. So he, I'm guessing, and especially knowing him, he must have been a tremendous source of support as well as explanation for you to kind of tell you what's coming. Yes. Yeah, so the day I the day I stepped foot in the facility, I met I met Layton, and you know, Layton just told me like, like I'm here whenever you need me. He's like. I, so I know how the process is going to be, you know. He said it's going to be tough sometimes, but he was, I'm, I'm here. He's, I, I've been through it already, you know. He said, so if you need anything, he said, man, feel free to get at me. And, I mean, I just use that resource. Uh, how important was I can't even imagine. It's hard enough to wrap your head around what they're telling you anyway. Now here comes this guy, <laughs> a first-round draft choice, mm-hmm. and he said, oh, by the way, I've been exactly where you are. I'm right here to tell you about everything as you go along. I can't even imagine what a help that must have been mentally. Yeah, I mean, it was times when, you know, in the mornings I'm doing my rehab and Leighton will come walk in there. And, you know, he just standing there. And then, you know, afterwards he tell me, you know, all right, you know, this, that's just step one. You know, you got another step that you're going to take too. And, uh, and in my head I'm like, gee, step one was kind of hard <laughs> right now, you know. But you kept through it, and, oh, yeah. and, he, and he let you know what was coming. So when they – cleared you to practice um how hard was it then to hold yourself in check 
and not race ahead a couple or three weeks or a month and and just do what they told you was safe to do. Because at this point, I, I'm thinking, what are you, 22? Yeah. I'm thinking you you got to be, let's just run through this wall and knock everybody else down. Oh, yeah, that was my mentality and that was my mindset. But, you know, I still had the training wheels on. You know, Britt told me already what it was going to be. He was like, you ain't going out there just going, you know, just – you know, run through a brick wall. It's like we taking steps. You know, each week we just took a, a bigger step. I remember the day you got cleared and we were all out at practice, and that was like the big conversation was, oh, Damone's coming back, Damone's coming back. And I'll never forget, I think you were hitting sleds. Mm -hmm. And you hit the sled the first time, and everybody was like, yeah, he's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, problem. Felt, I felt good, honestly. You know, just credit to, you know, people you know at the facility you know they they worked with me you know we took it step by step you know it was a it was a process but like I say I'm, I'm just thankful for them can you give us a look at like what the rehab for that looks like like are you doing specific exercises or what were the steps that you kind of had to progress through it's not really a specific uh rehab that you can do for the neck like it kind of has to grow back or around the spine and stuff like that. So it, was, it wasn't nothing particular that I had to do. It was like a total body thing, just making sure my abs and stuff were strong to support it. And uh, we was doing, like, a lot of neck isolations and stuff like that and you know, just, like I say, slow steps. So now that you've passed that, we know it, you didn't have any issues before, no issues now? No, I feel perfectly fine. So hey, I wish I could do that well, <laughs> to be 22 again. <laughs> so now – uh, they're, we know how this coaching staff is. You're, you're going you're gonna to play special teams a little bit, and then they'll work you in. And, you know, you got, you've got Layton and you got Anthony Barr and Jabril, your college teammate, is yep. trying to get on the field. Uh, and, and had you played very much teams at LSU? I mean, my freshman year, yeah, but other than my freshman year, no. So how much of an adjustment was that? I mean, it wasn't really much of an adjustment. I mean, I, honestly, I was just happy to get back out there. It didn't matter what I had to do, you know. And I, I had told Bones, I was like, Bones, like, I haven't played special teams since my freshman year, you know. And I was like, I'm, I mean, I'm going to need you to teach it to me. And he was like, oh, there ain't nothing. I got you. And he just taught it to me. Like, my first, first week at practice, I was, you know, on the scout team, on special teams, just getting my feet wet. And like I say, uh, I – Found out I was going to be active in the game. I was on all four phases of special teams, and I just made the most of it. And how does that feel now? Do you like it? Some guys love special. I've known guys who played 12, 15 years in the NFL and loved special teams right up to the end. I've known other guys who couldn't get off there fast enough. Oh, I mean, I love special teams. Anything for me to get on the field, I'm, I'm definitely going to do it. It don't matter what it is. I'm going to do it. Now, have you played more snaps here in the last couple of weeks than you anticipated on defense? No, nah, I mean, I just stay ready. I mean, the way I prepare, I've been preparing the same way since I got here. Even when I wasn't playing, I prepared the same way as if I'm getting ready to start. No matter if I get 10 reps on defense or 40, like, I'm still going to prepare the same way just, just in case. You never know when stuff might happen. So I, you know, I, that's why I just prepared it one way, and I prepare as if I'm going out to start. I know you talked about your daughter being the motivation as you were going through the frustrations of the recovery of surgery and whatnot, but – Sitting here talking, you can just tell the laser focus that you have on anything. Like, I bet you I could put, like, you know, a, a board game that you never played before and you'd be laser focused on figuring it out. Where does that come from? Where do, have, has that, is that a trait that you have always had or is that just developed as you've developed as a football player? So when I started playing football, 
I was six years old and I started playing with the South Beverly Jaguars. And my coach, he still coaches South Beverly Jaguars. Now his name was Terry Boyd. So he always said, if you don't work, you don't eat. You know, and that's the mindset that I, I took. If you don't work, you don't eat. You know, and I know if I want to feed my daughter, I know I got to go to work every day. Cause I mean, I'm a man and I'm pretty sure everyone got children. You know, that you want to be able to provide for your children. You don't want somebody else to provide for it. So just learning that from Coach Terry Boyd and the South Beverly Jaguars, if you don't work, you don't eat. That's just what I took every day, you know, as I continue to get older and older. If you don't work, you don't eat. That's the biggest thing. Be where your feet are if you don't work. If you don't work, you don't, you don't eat. eat. And, and he's working and he's eating. Uh, Damone Clark, Cowboys rookie linebacker, is with us. Uh, we're going to get to the bottom of this number 33 uh, when we come back. There's got to be a story to that. And we're going to hear it. And we're going to hear it when we come back to Cane Rosso at the Star District in Frisco on the Cowboys Hour. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
to the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertsons. Welcome back to the Cowboys Hour, the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour. Cowboys Hour brought to you by Luke Casey, the official bootmaker of the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. Guys, it is Victory Monday. There we go. They're still with it. Victory Monday. Outstanding. <laughs> Shout out to this guy in the. Oh, that's your brother. I like the. Yes, lights. that is my brother. Yes, that <laughs> is. Saw the hands Thank you very up. much. It is Victory Monday. And we are delighted to have Cowboys linebacker Damone Clark uh, with us on the program tonight. You identify him right away by. Uh, uh, when you see him on the field by wearing that familiar linebacker's uh, number, number 33. Uh, I've never seen a linebacker wear 33 <laughs> before. Um, did you wear 33 in college? No. I wore my first two years at LSU, I wore 35. And then my second two years, I wore 18. And why 33? I mean, when I was played, when I first started playing football with the South Beverly Jaguars, that was the first number they gave me, was 33. And then I started switching numbers, getting single-digit numbers and stuff like that. So, I mean, and when I got here, when I walked in the locker room, I started having 53 in the locker. And I'm like, whoa, that, that number looked too big. Too big. Yeah, it was, that number was too big. You know, but it was like, hey, that's a, a perfect linebacker number. And I, you know, I, so I was wearing 53 at first. And then, you know, I'm just, you know, scrolling around the locker room. I'm just looking. I'm like, hmm, 33 open. And I, I immediately went to Mike. I was like, hey, Mike, I see 33 open. Can I get it? And he was like, yeah, you got it. Now, you know there's a Hall of Fame running back who, uh, for this uh, franchise who wore 33. Yeah, Tony Dorsett. Yeah, okay. Most people think of him when they see that number. But it's a number that's been worn many times. Did you have any qualms about taking over 33 since Dorsett wore it? I mean, honestly, no. I mean, I, I know – you know who he I was. Know, yeah, yeah, I know who he was. I know he represented the number. So, I, I mean, I'm wearing a number. So, honestly, I mean, I know I got to go out. I know what I got to do wearing a number. But, I mean, honestly, not putting too much pressure on myself. I mean, I'm just going to go out there and be me. And everything else is going to take care of itself. So, for the people uh, listening, watching on DallasCowboys.com who uh, were not paying close attention to LSU in your four years there, mm. when you say you're going to – if they're watching you now, they're starting to get a little bit of a – of a uh, clue, and when they're listening to some of us uh, talk about it, um, we're trying to tell them what to expect from you. But when you say you're just going to go be you, what on the football field, what is that? I mean, dominant. I just fly around, make plays, and, you know, just have fun. That's the biggest thing. I, I just go out there and have fun each day. Like, you're not going to play a, a perfect football game. You know, players playing, coaches coach. So I just go out there, fly around, have fun, make plays, and, let the coaches do the rest. I want to go back to the number thing, too, because you said how you switched from 35 to 18, but at LSU, 18 is a big deal, isn't it? Yes. Can you explain just what that number meant? So it's a, it's a certain standard that they have at LSU, you know, and it started with Matt Mock. He wore the number 18, and then he passed it down to Jacob Hester, and then it just it was a trend passing it on down. So, I mean, like I said, I was wearing 35, and – my junior year, maybe like two or three weeks before the season, you know, Coach O brought everybody up out the practice we had, and, you know, he rewarded me with the number 18. So the number 18 represents someone who, uh, who sets the standard at LSU both on and off the field. So, I mean, the coaches can go to sleep at night knowing that, oh, I mean, I know I can trust that DeMond going to do what he has to do, and the same thing on the field. So it's just – 
exemplifies the standard of LSU. I know you probably weren't surprised to get that number, but just the responsibility that comes with that, did it change your mentality when you approached the game at all, or did it enhance anything, or what did it mean to wear that number? I mean, honestly, I had the same mentality, you know, since, like I said, if you don't work, you don't eat, you know, and I know if I want to get to the place that I want to be, then I know I have to do my part. You know, my part is holding myself accountable, doing the things that I have to do to get to the place that I want to be. Which is what place? Oh, to the top. That's it, to the top. The only way to the top is me just doing what I'm supposed to do. But some people would say you're in the NFL. You're, you're, you've made it to the top. I mean, I ain't make it yet. You know, I, I feel like I never arrived. I never arrived yet. You know, I, it's not a moment that goes by that I just get relaxed because, I mean, the NFL is, is not for long, you know, and I do understand that. There's a draft every year. Guys got to get cut for guys to get picked up. So, I mean, I know what I have to do. So, I'm not I'm not relaxing knowing that, yeah, I made it to the NFL. I don't want to just be another person that just made it to the NFL. A lot of guys made it, but I really want to make it, make it. You know, and I'm not, I'm not there yet, so I can't rest. All right. So, um, in this defense, there are some guys who have really flourished with Dan Quinn. It, it just – his style has been perfect for them. Uh, how is it good for you? I mean, I'm, I'm a football player. Whatever they need me to do, I'm going to go out there and do it, and I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. But is there anything specific about the defense that allows you to, to play the way you're most comfortable playing? I mean, everybody, everybody on the defense is him. We all him. <laughs> you're all Dan? We all him. Like, we all – we just compliment each other. Whatever I need to do, I'm just going to do it. Oh, you're saying you're all you're, – everybody's him. Yes. As in who's going to – who's the star of this thing? Him. Everybody. We right. Brad, Brad, it's what the kids are saying. These yeah, days. you're going to have to help me out here then. <laughs> so huh? the phrase he's him is yeah. essentially like like he's that guy, like he's the man. And so what Damone is saying is everybody is that guy. Well, <laughs> that is – and that but that re, that requires accountability, doesn't it? Yes. And we hold each other to that standard, no matter rookie, fifth year, tenth year, it don't matter. We all hold each other to that standard. Was there ever a time when you were, like, nervous or, like, felt like you were just not prepared for this step at all? Nah, I mean, when my number got called, I didn't expect it to get called that soon, <laughs> you know. But, I mean, I just said a quick prayer. I went out there. I said, God, my steps, Lord. And he just, he just did it for me. Cool. What was the hardest part about being thrown in and having to do so much so fast? I mean, not having a preseason, being on the side the whole time, you know, just having to go out there and learn on the fly. But, I mean, what I learned about myself is that I work better on the fly and just getting thrown in the fire, you know, to, to make sure I'm not relaxed. So, I mean, it was, it was just unexpected. But I'm thankful for the opportunity, and I just made the most of it. Okay, Haley wants to find out a little bit more about your role as a father, and I do too. Everybody else wants to hear about it Yeah, too. it's just you guys all have babies, and it's so fun to hear you guys talk about being a dad because you don't always get that, you know, yeah. just what's it been like being a dad and Tommy Dakota with an age? Yes. Um, the biggest thing for me was, you know, it, it helped me grow up uh, when I was at LSU. You know, it helped me stop doing some of the things that I was doing, you know, just wanting to have fun all the time. And it, it made me really lock in because I had a mount that I had to provide for, you know. So that was the biggest thing, like I said. I ain't want nobody to 
take care of my daughter. You know, that was my responsibility. So I wanted to make sure I take care of my daughter. But the biggest thing now is that, you know, she's back in Louisiana. So I don't get to see her all the time unless my mom's going to come out. But, I mean, FaceTime, you know, that's – thank you, God made FaceTime. I know. And, I, you know, FaceTime every day, you know, and I think she – she may not understand right now, but later on she'll understand, you know, and this, no matter what, even when she, when she comes here, you know, no matter if I had a, you know, a good day or a bad day at practice, at the end of the day, you still got to go home and be a father, you know, and that's, and to me, that's the biggest and most, that's the funnest part for me because, you know, my daughter be happy when she see me because, I mean, obviously we barely see each other all the time, so when I do see her, you know, it don't matter what, I'm, I'm just going to have fun with my daughter, you know, and it, I mean, it taught me patience, you know, because, I mean, she's two years old, you know, they say terrible too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. What type of uh, what type of baby is she? Is she a happy baby? Does she cry a lot, or what? Is she developing a personality? I think she's she's just a fun baby. Like you know, you can tell her stop, and she ain't gonna stop. You know, so <laughs> it, you know, you gotta put your hand on the stove. You touch the stove, you know it's hot. She that's the type of baby she is. Something gotta happen to her for her to understand. Oh, let me not do that no more. Does the quarterback know what your baby's name is? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure, but. I always forget Dak's real name is Dakota. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, his that, yeah. that's his middle name. Yeah. And, uh, and he's a Louisianan. So um, I would I would make sure that the guy like him knows that, hey, by, by the way, do you know uh, my daughter's like, Kind of named after you, even though she's not. <laughs> even though she's not any kind of named Just after you. Just more of that full circle. Yes. Kind of. Yeah. The stars he, are aligned. He would make it, it can never be a bad thing to have the quarterback <laughs> know that he and your child have the same name. No. <laughs> Can't hurt. We'll make sure he knows. Uh, your questions uh, for Damone Clark when we come back. Joe Trahan, have you got the mic? Joe, have you got a mic? You've got a mic. Joe Trahan will be mixing among you. Uh, to get your questions, and we have more with the Cowboys star young linebacker. Back with Damone Clark at Cane Rosso in the Star District in Frisco when we return on the Cowboys Hour. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
to the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertsons. And the Cowboys Hour is also presented by Papa John's. Better ingredients, better pizza, Papa John's. It's Victory Monday, guys. It is still Victory Monday. <laughs> it is still Victory Monday. You guys get better every time. I'm loving it. And uh, next week, we will begin the, the string of shows that will be right across the street at CityWorks. Uh, same star district uh, in Frisco, and we hope that you will all come, and, uh, and we'll see you then. Um, by the way, Damone, uh, how are you doing on Christmas shopping? Um, haven't, haven't even started it yet. I mean, I did on um, Black Friday. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, I did some of it, but I got a little more to do. Okay. You're running out of time. Yeah. I haven't started Ms. Haley. I told him it's a limit now. We, we got It's a limit now. We got a set <laughs> limit. <laughs> okay. Because everybody's got to be accountable. Um, uh, I told everybody they're getting Cowboys gear for Christmas. So. <laughs> <laughs> At least they're getting no, something. No surprises. And, 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 uh, and how are you doing on your shopping? Well, I started last week, and... I've got a ways to go. <laughs> okay, well, you got and you've got a couple of weeks. All right, um, Cowboys uh, PR Maven Joe Trahan is in the middle of the audience with a microphone with folks with questions for Damone. Good evening, Damone. Hello, hello. Yeah, oh yeah. We can You're, hear you. You are okay. big and beautiful, okay. baby. All right, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> hello, so Damone, I have a question. So you were talking about not only did you want to make it to the NFL, which you're already at that level. You said you really want to make it in the NFL. Besides you getting yourself to the next level, who else are you looking up to to get you to that level? Um, I look up to a guy, Devin White. He played with Tampa Bay. No, um, I was a freshman when I was able to come across Devin. And Devin was a pro before he was a pro. The way that he took care of his body, the way he treated everyone, the way that he worked, you know, and that's a guy that's playing football at a real high level right now. And, he, he went to LSU, too. So, <laughs> I mean, Devin, Devin White is a guy that I really look up to. And, you know, I talk to him daily. And another guy is Patrick Queen, and that's the same as that guy. Like, uh, I met PQ my junior year of high school, and that's a guy that I stayed in touch with. Hosted me on my visit when I went to LSU, and that you know, was one of the main reasons why I went to LSU. And he's another guy playing with uh, Baltimore right now, playing at a real high level. So those two guys are guys that I look up to. You picked good ones. Those are two of the best linebackers going in the NFL. Oh yeah. Were you a, were you a, a a fan of a team or players or more of a college fan as a kid growing up? Oh, I mean, every Sunday, my dad, we always watched the Saints game. So growing up. You know, on Sundays we knew, you know, the Saints playing, my mom's going to cook a, a good meal, and we're going to just have fun and watch the game. Wait, what's the good meal? Uh, my mom would cook anything, but I think her signature meal is red beans and rice, mm. fried pork chops, fried chicken, something, like, <laughs> something down that area. Yeah, and when you say your signature meal, you mean her signature <laughs> meal. Yeah, I, hey, to this day when my mom's come, I tell her, look, make sure when you come to the house now you got to cook. That's, that's the main requirement right there. And you know what? She's thrilled to do it without oh, yeah. any question. Definitely. Okay, here's another question. So my question is, uh, it's two-part, actually. First part of it is um, you mentioned Coach Terry Boyd, but what, what would you say is uh, another coach that maybe made you realize – that you could do this, that you could get to college, that you could get to the NFL and play at a high level. And then the second part is, when did you realize 
Like, what, at what point, whether it be in high school or college, you realize that this dream, because a lot of kids dream about it, but when did you realize that, hey, I can do this? So it's a, honestly, it's a couple of coaches that I feel that contributed to me, but one of the biggest ones was Aaron Sutton. You know, that's the guy that he took me all over the country to go to different colleges, to go to camps and to go on unofficial visits and stuff like that. So that's a guy that he was another person that was hard on me. And that coincidentally, that was my one of my little league coaches. And he he was in the military. So, you know, you come from military background. He's strict and, you know, he was one sided, you know, and, and he's a guy that helped me get to this point to where I'm at and that's another guy that I talk to every day daily and I, I just thank God all the time for having him and when I realized that I can is actually when I started getting college offers you know that's when I found out that okay I can do it you know and it's one thing to get college offers and just to go to college but it's another thing to go, go there apply yourself graduate and then you know get a shot at this level. And a great question, thank you, and a great answer. And uh, where else recruited you besides LSU? I mean, it was a, it was a lot of schools. Like, I mean, I, a lot of schools. I it's too many to really sit here. And, Did anybody catch your eye? Um, obviously, it was between LSU and Texas, Ooh. University of Texas. That okay. was the that Welcome. was the two schools that it came down to. But I just felt that LSU was. I mean, it was home. Obviously, I'm, I stayed 20 minutes away, but that was home. And I felt that environment, that locker room, it was the vibe that fitted me, and that was the school that I picked. But then you were ready to get out of Louisiana. Yeah, because I've been in Louisiana my whole life. So, I mean, one thing I can say about my mom, she, like, every day, she, if she can, she want to see me every day, you know. And I, oh. I knew, obviously, I was like, man, I know, you know, I'm like, when I get my shot in the NFL, I was like, hopefully the Saints don't get me. You know, and I was like, I want to I wanna get out because I, I never got a chance to really experience life on my own because I was always close to my mom's and I was always just 20 minutes away from my mom. So anytime I, you know, I just wanted to go home and chill with them, I go home. Anytime I want a home-cooked meal, drive 20 minutes to get a home-cooked meal. So I became spoiled and I feel that my mom's became spoiled too because she was able to see me all the time. But... I mean, she's still in Louisiana, and I'm, I'm in Texas. She's just, you know, six and a half hours away. You know, it, if she can be here right now, she would, you know, <laughs> but, yeah. I how, feel that. That's kind of like when I moved to Montana. I understand. How, how is she handling the separation, your mother? I mean, every morning, I talk to my mom every morning around 7 o'clock. We always FaceTime, and she always texts me in the morning. We always text each other in the morning. So I, I talk to her all the time, but... Every home game, she tries to come to every home game if she can. Now, you got to make sure that she knows that this entire hour is on DallasCowboys.com. She can go to it, and she can have a whole hour of you. If I, honestly, if I told her, she probably would have. Pulled up. She probably would have <laughs> came here, honestly. Well, that's better that you can tell her, oh, by the way, I had a busy day, but I wanted to make sure that I told you <laughs> that you can go see this so you didn't not tell her you just told her after it was done that's a smart idea there you go <laughs> stick with me kid okay <laughs> my name is don just a, a real quick off the wall question the nfl because of its pay structure allows a lot of people to do things and acquire things that they wouldn't normally be able to do Ooh, what is that one thing you haven't acquired or that you want to acquire 
with the abilities and the, the financial statuses that the NFL will allow you to do? I mean, my biggest thing, and that's my mentor, Floyd Prescott right there. So my biggest thing is the NFL is not for long. So as much money as I can continue to collect, I'm going to continue to collect it. I still have my – I drive my same car that I had in college. I'm, I don't just spend money. Like, if, if it's one thing y'all learn about me, I am a frugal person. <laughs> if, hey, if I don't have to pay for it, I ain't paying for it. If it's free, it's free. <laughs> and most of the time, if you see me, I have on free stuff, honestly. <laughs> the time will come when, um, as you continue to grow as a player, uh, so will the paycheck. Yeah, uh, like I say, we feed our. I haven't arrived yet, so I'm, I mean, I'm a rookie. I'm 22 years old. I got a lot to learn, and until that time comes, I'm just going to continue to be a frugal person. But even when that time comes, I, I still know that, obviously, the NFL is not for long, and you hear a lot of stories about guys that you know went broke trying to take care of their family and trying to take care of their family family. Then you got all these other people that become family members that you never met before. So that's a so that's a big thing right there that you got to be smart with too, and you know just seeing guys in the locker room that obviously we know got the big paychecks. Those guys are the same guys that they've been before they even got the paychecks. Money aside, like let's say it was not a real thing, and you you could buy anything you wanted, and it wouldn't affect your frugality. Or when you get to the second contract, <laughs> would you, whichever, whatever. What would be something that you would? that you would want to have or want to purchase? I mean, my biggest thing is, obviously, I want to buy my mom's a house. You know, that was the biggest thing that, you know, just growing up, just seeing the way that my mom worked. You know, my mom never owned a house. You know, and that's, I want to be, be able to, you know, buy a house for her and be able to finally tell her, like, mom, this your house. Like, you, you know, my hard work is your hard work, you know, because you know, obviously that's my mom's. And, Another thing I want to get into is real estate. I mean, obviously, everybody needs houses. Somebody, you need somewhere to stay. So real <laughs> estate is, a, is another thing that I want to get into when time permits. Now, you want, when you say you want to get into real estate, you mean you want, you want to be a developer? You want to sell homes? What, is, what do you want to do? So I want to be the boss. That's it. I want to be the boss. And, <laughs> Don't we you know, all? In my, in my, I always talk to my parents about that. You know, when the time gets here, like, you know, because obviously I, I, my job is focusing on football, you know, and I have, you know, I talk to my dad all the time, my brother. You know, my brother, I, one thing about my brother, he's, he's super smart, you know, and, you know, that's, I want to be able to, you know, that's their they job, you know, and I, I just, you know, fit what, what need be. We got about a minute left. Uh, you're going to play the Jaguars Sunday. Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback. Y'all played him at Clemson when he was at Clemson. Yes. You were at LSU. Mm -hmm. What do you remember? I mean, we're in the same class, and uh, Trevor Lawrence, he's a great quarterback. You know, obviously he got taken high in the draft. Um, and a lot of the similarities you see right now you saw when he was at Clemson. So it's not a coincidence that, you know, he's, he's having success in the league. Looking forward to seeing him again? Yes. I mean, every week is a new opportunity to go out there and just showcase not only my talents, but for our team to go out there and show, showcase their talent. Besides Layton, uh, tell me a teammate that you have learned a lot from football stuff on the field. Um, There's a couple guys that I honestly can that I honestly can name, but I'll probably say Micah and probably D-Law. Yeah. 
That's what I figured. I thought that's what was coming. Hey, Damone, thank you for being here with with us tonight. Really appreciate you. Thank you. That's Damone Clark, everybody. Number 33. Keep an eye on him. He's going nowhere but up. Uh, Christmas shopping. Get your Christmas shopping done, Haley. Okay. Get your Christmas shopping. I'm just trying to help you. I'm just trying to help you. Uh, Thanks for being with us on Victory Monday. We'll see you across the street next week on the Cowboys Hour. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!